Brandon Vogt, producer Jeff St. Louis. The third. The, junior the third. That's right. He's here. <laughs> also, Brett Coconatis. He is a candidate for Congressional District 1 on the GOP side. And uh, he'll take your phone calls, too, tonight. 243-3333 here on News Radio KKOB. And the early poll, early voting is available. A lot of people have their absentee votes, um, uh, ballots. And, of course, the gener- the primary election is one week from today. Brett, home stretch here. How are you feeling one week to go before uh, at least this phase of the campaign is is finished? Well, besides a dire need of a haircut, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> you know, I was just looking at your hair, too. We, yeah. We're starting to have that Luhan lock look. Yeah, the Luhan locks. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. His looked like that before coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm due for a little trim, though. Yeah. My son, I got a, I got a four-year-old son, and... His hair keeps he keeps creeping down into his eyes, so I have to put the bowl on his head every couple of weeks and go right across the top. But uh, yeah, and, and Brett uh, running this campaign for about a year now. I yeah, guess. we started we started at the mid to end of April of 2019. We were mm-hmm. the first candidate to announce on the Republican ticket in the first congressional district. Yeah, and we've been running hard. And I've been spending a lot of my money since then yeah. uh, to show that we are committed to New Mexico to making a difference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have some other opponents in, in the primary, yeah. as everyone knows. And I think the big differentiator for us is, one, I'm a small business guy. My job has been to solve problems every day yeah. for the past 20 years. And number two, um, it's not about electing a candidate that you like their name or you like, uh, you know, what they say. Mm-hmm. It's about who can actually win. Yeah. Because... You know, if you can't beat Deb Holland, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Yeah. What are some of the, the issues that uh, that you've seen uh, that uh, po- folks in basically central New Mexico, 1st Congressional District, what are some of the, the themes that have come up while you've been on the campaign trail? Well, you know, I think everyone's heard a lot of the themes, you know, we'll say pre-COVID, right? Yeah. We know about education and crime and jobs and border security and the opioid crisis and on and on and on. But we're entering into a whole new world here mm-hmm. post-COVID lockdown. The Democrats like to call it the new normal. I don't like the new normal. I like going back to normal. Yeah. And I think when we start talking about these issues, we're going to see a lot of the same topics, same talking points, but we're going to have to find new solutions, better mm-hmm. solutions, and we're going to be in difficult situations. I mean, today you guys talked about the governor opening up restaurants to 50% mm-hmm. on outdoor dining. Again, you know, we've been out actually doing things not just social media yeah but we held an organized well i did and my campaign one rally in albuquerque two in santa fe we've been traveling across the state since the launch of campaign last year to talk Mm -hmm. to new mexico about the issues solutions creating advisory boards to actually find find the solutions that we need to implement yeah that's the big difference we've been fighting we've been standing up with the sheriffs against red flag gun laws Mm-hmm. We were endorsed by Bikers for Trump, Sheriff Tony Mace, Sheriff Hamilton. Um, because we went to every single legislative session, we went to city council meetings, we were one with the people. Yeah. And I can comfortably say that, that I don't see other candidates doing that. Yeah. Especially with, with red flag laws. That's something a congressman from New Mexico, Congress congresswoman, could actually kind of do, help something about. Do you find that a lot of the voters in New Mexico are voting for, or their minds are on more local issues than some of the federal ones? Well, I think, you know, when the voter looks at these things, um, 
they want answers. They want to know what you can do to help. Mm -hmm. A lot of them don't understand how it's all interconnected or who's responsible for what. A great example, let's talk about Albuquerque's crime problem. Yeah. Today in the journal, they said, I think it was $9.7 million is at risk because of Albuquerque's sanctuary city policy. Mm -hmm. Some candidates will say, well, I want to reach a compromise with Albuquerque, but when we look at the uh, actual crime issue, being a sanctuary city may be contributing a contributing factor to being a crime issue, yeah. and we're out of compliance with federal law. Mm -hmm. So why is the federal government going to compromise with a city that's self-inflicting a problem yeah. uh, and give them money to do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are some of the things, day one, Congressman Brett Kokonatis, what are what some of the... Some of the legislation that you would like to see get accomplished, some of the stuff that you would work on if elected. Yeah, so, you know, everyone always talks about legislation and what legislation you're going to pass. The problem is, you watch the, the House.gov website, mm -hmm. there's so much legislation oh, yeah. already on the docket. I don't necessarily know that we need to introduce more legislation, yeah. but we need to dissect what's there and slow some of this process down. We look at the House. The House introduced a $3 trillion you know, stimulus plan mm -hmm. uh, for the HEROES Act now. Yeah. Our national debt's almost at $25 trillion. City of uh, Santa Fe is claiming a $100 million budget deficit. Our governor is going to have a special session in June addressing a $2 billion shortage. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to see she wants to push in cannabis legalization. She wants to push in uh, probably the gas tax again because gas is so cheap. Show me the gas tax. Remember that? <laughs> that thing's yeah. 40 cents a gallon and 10 cents a year thereafter. You know, Congress has some pretty basic functions. It makes and changes laws and it brings back money. Mm -hmm. And before we start introducing this stuff of, you know, like the Democrats in Holland wants $5 billion for rural internet. I'm a high tech guy, want everyone to have internet. But there's private industry doing this for us, like yeah. SpaceX with Elon Musk, mm -hmm. that's supposed to go live uh, in a couple months in beta program, that'll deliver gigabit internet uh, over low Earth orbiting satellites. We don't need to use taxpayer money to do that. I think some of the issues that we're going to have to immediately look at is what's going on with China. We have to look at the trade deal with China. We have to look at uh, insourcing a lot of these things that we learned from the COVID crisis. You know, our dependency on China and other places in the world for pharmaceutical production, uh, equipment manufacturing, things like that that were dependent, these are become national security issues. What should happen with China? What what should Congress do? Well, I think the first thing is we need to gather the information. Mm. You know, gather, analyze, make a plan, and execute. That's what we do in business. Yeah. And right now, as a citizen, as a mm. candidate, I don't have all the information. Yeah. And I'm not going to make decisions on what we can and can't do or what we should and shouldn't do without information. But if we do see that China was uh, malicious or not forthcoming or not transparent in this issue, mm -hmm. then I think there's things that we need to address. Brett Coconatis with us, uh, News Radio KKOB. We'll take your calls, 243-3333, or you can email a question uh, to Brett here on News Radio KKOB, bv at newsradiokkob.com. Now, one of the things, you're a former Democrat. That's right. And that's been something that your competitors have knocked you on, um, being a former Democrat and now a Republican. But it seems to me, if that's if your competitors are saying, what is this guy? Is he a, I mean, isn't that what those other folks would want? Are Democrats that have made that change and have turned the corner in their political ideology? Well, and what kind of made you change? 
Well, I'm surprised that uh, you mentioned that because I didn't even notice that they attacked me for being a former Democrat. Uh, I know I heard that from the constituents before, and I think that's the biggest strength because one, this district, CD1, you know, one, the first thing is I want to represent New Mexico as a whole, yeah, not just our district, mm -hmm. because we see what happens in our state government when we make decisions from Santa Fe or Albuquerque, it does it decimates other parts of our state, yeah. So first and foremost, represent the district, but also represent the state. Um, this district is 28% registered Republicans. So even if 100% of the Republicans came out and voted for me in the general election, I'd still lose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same thing with my opponents. They will still lose. They may uh, tout that they're conservative, 100% Republican. Well, I'm 100% Republican now. Yeah. And the difference is that we need to be able to appeal to Democrats, independents, libertarians, and then the Republicans in order to defeat Deb. Yeah, um, you can see a big difference in how we message and how we talk. Democrats are all emotional; they understand emotional communications. Republicans are factual. Yeah, and I have that ability as a candidate to bridge that gap, and that's why if we're going to flip the first congressional district, we need to elect a candidate in the primary that can reach those other uh, voter bases. Now, New Mexico's economy, of course, has lag behind other states in the union uh, for many years. In fact, even before COVID-19, I mean, there were still parts of our economy that hadn't recovered from 2008's recession. And here we are decimated again um, uh, with the, with the New Mexico's economy. As, a, as someone in Congress, what could you do to help bring business into New Mexico and, and maybe move our economy along a bit a bit closer to, to where other states in, in our surrounding area are. Well, you know, everyone will talk about the same things. We have the national laboratories. We have Sandia, Los Alamos. We have our bases, you know, Kirkland, Cannon, etc. cetera. Um, obviously supporting what we have and making sure that we're enriching those areas that are income producing, economic producing, job producing for New Mexico should be a focus. Beyond Congress, and you'll hear me talk a lot about working beyond Congress, is leveraging that office to not only help organize our state and local uh, representatives to move towards the same beat of the drum, per se, yeah. but also reaching out. I mean, our governor has not really recruited business here. Mm. You know, we have uh, economic opportunity zones under the Tax Cut Act, Yeah, right? We had a LIDA fund for strategic investment. New Mexico needs to invest in itself. Yeah, And this COVID hiccup... Mm -hmm. is going to push us even further back, and it means that we have to be more diligent and more focused in execution to make sure that we do recover from this. Tell me about the Internet Bill of Rights. So the Internet Bill of Rights is something that I kind of uh, put out there more for public comment. Mm -hmm. And um, as you know, I ran Democrats for Democracy back in 2017 when we were talking out against Democrat policies and candidates. Mm -hmm. And I saw a big difference between running under the label of a Democrat and running under... The identity of a Republican. Mm. The um, the repercussions of that, and I think we're seeing more and more of that on the internet as far as people ending up in things like Facebook jail, posts getting pulled down, uh, YouTube filtering or uh, hindering search results or search priorities. Oh yeah, I, that's um, that's a huge thing that nobody's talking about. Yep, and these things are not just uh, little inconveniences. These also have economic impacts to, you know, third-party independent bloggers, mm. you know, uh, podcasts, people yeah. who make money from this content creation. And I know a lot of these folks. 
And they're, you know, not only seeing a content restriction, free speech restriction, but also an economic impact to their business. Yeah. So the Internet Bill of Rights was a way to address that uh, from a technology and policy perspective about understanding how big businesses, how big tech should be transparent in how they uh, filter or monitor speech through algorithms and their human intervention. There was a study by Facebook that was released, a third-party study, because Facebook uses a lot of automated systems to determine if your content violates their terms. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's also a human component to that. Yeah. And obviously humans are biased. Mm -hmm. So if a human is training those algorithms, there's baked in a natural personal biased. Yeah, yeah. And well, it shapes public opinion too. When, exactly. When you can't find something on the internet or it directs you to something else. Right. And that's that's happening with big tech. Do you think that'll be a fight for uh, that you're willing to, to pick up in, in within the federal government? Because we've heard president talk about this too. Well, and you have organizations like PragerU that talk about it. Uh, there's been you know Senate and, and House testimony about uh, algorithms and being a high tech business professional. Mm -hmm. I understand both sides of that equation. I understand the the automation, the AI, the machine learning aspect that you know people like Google and Facebook will say, no, no, we're not being biased algorithm yes um but then also understanding the the human aspect of it yeah that's going to be important and i think yes i think one having someone elected to congress that understands the technology is going to be a big benefit to help the president address those issues yeah brett coconatus with us he'll take your calls too we'll also get into some of the social issues uh, with brett coming up next he's running for congressional district one here in new mexico and your website imaginebrett.com right yeah or you can go to imaginebrett.com slash vote and we'll okay. have more specific information about the election all right it's next on news radio kqb BV tonight, News Radio KKOB. Brett Coconatis with us for another segment here on News Radio KKOB. You can get your calls in 243-3333. Check out his website, imaginebrett.com, and uh, running for Congress in the first congressional district. Now, what are your thoughts on the the broad scope of public health orders here in New Mexico and as we've seen across the country? Something we haven't experienced, we haven't had to use these sort of things in, in such a, a broad manner before in, in American history. Well, I always find it interesting that there are states that still never closed. They yeah. never shut down their economies. Hmm. They never put in these restrictions. And we're not seeing large numbers. And I do understand that there were hot spots. Yeah even in New Mexico, and I understand that we wanted to side on the area of caution, Yeah, and I supported that decision early on. But when we look at the powers that the governor has used, the All-Hazard Emergency Act and uh, the Riot Act, yeah. and grants, um, this basically, in essence, give her, gives her almost limitless unchecked power. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And we've seen this you know, affect New Mexico, um, couple health orders ago she said everyone has to wear a mask you have to go out and wear a mask yeah well we've been not wearing masks for two months at three you know two months in the start of this crisis and we didn't see a big impact in that yeah and i'm not saying don't take precautions but you know it just seems like now we're getting this this little spoon feeding of reopening when other places have opened um we're not looking at our counties individually we're looking at what's good for one part of the state it's good for the whole state um, I'm happy to see some of these restrictions lifting, but like we said off air was, you know, if you're a restaurant or a business and you said, well, 100% capacity, we're generating $600 an hour as an example, and now you're at 25% capacity or 50% outdoor capacity, 
you might only be generating two hundred dollars mm-hmm. an hour in revenue. Yeah, um, it's going to take time for consumer confidence to to come back. Yeah, uh, and other safety nets like the SBA uh, protection loans and payroll protection. Uh, businesses don't want loans. Yeah, I have a business. I don't want a loan. I had to take a loan, but businesses want customers. Yeah, we want to be in business. We want to be generating revenue. Some of these other issues that the governor has, you know, indicated don't make sense. Uh, we can open up patios, but we can't have an outdoor drive-in movie theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure why. <laughs> Would you have voted for the, the $3 trillion stimulus package? Um, at that time, I think yes. What, but what I would like to have seen was more checks and balances in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we look at it at the end of the day, you know, people still needed to eat. Yeah. You got to still pay your bills. Uh, well, I should say not the three trillion, not the recent one, but the first one, the CARES first Act. First one, yeah, yeah. CARES Act. The the Heroes Act, probably not. Yeah. Do you think there should be another round? Is no. they're debating now? No, I think we need to get everybody back to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's really what we need to do. And we start we, we're starting to see more people go back to work and all these other restrictions, but we we're not we're seeing other neighboring states opening and being successful. Yeah, and we're going to be years behind is that something you think should be taken on on a federal level uh public health orders or leave it to the states well i think the states should have that right but i definitely would like to see our legislature address some of these uh limitless powers you know i understand that there might be situations where the governor does need to take decisive and quick action to address a a real emergency Mm. but that doesn't mean that should go on unchecked for four years yeah Pro-life abortion stance, where are you at? So I think the answer is that we need to support the president on ending late-term abortion. This is an issue that I think unites New Mexico, regardless if you're a Democrat or Republican. Mm-hmm. It's what the president has sent out as an agenda. Um, I think everyone agrees that New Mexico should not be a tourist destination for late-term abortions. Yeah, and also with education, um, how do you feel about uh, the student aid system that's uh, plaguing many Americans? Well, the education system overall, I mean, when the Department of Education was created at the federal level, numeracy and literacy continues to decline Mm -hmm. from the moment it was introduced to now. When we look at college college loans, student loans, things like that, one, you know, again, students are able to borrow too much money. Yeah. And it does two things. One, it creates a lifestyle for them that they're probably not ready for, Mm -hmm. you know, living high on the hog. Uh, the second issue is that it creates institutions that have the ability to charge astronomical amounts. And I think the third part is that we need to look at the interest rates because there is a predatory lending issue there. Mm. So it's really kind of a three-prong approach. Yeah. This is going to be an interesting uh, primary election night because of the public health order and uh, in the middle of COVID. So what are you going to be? Usually... You know, a candidate would have a big party and rent out a hotel ballroom or something. Uh, what are you going to be doing election night a week from now? Uh, I think I'll be renting out my living room <laughs> <laughs> and hanging out, uh, hanging around watching TV. Yeah, um, I know we'll probably go down to some of the polling places around Albuquerque and checking mm-hmm. and things too. All right. Well, good luck to you, Brett Kokanatis. Again, imaginebrett.com, running for Congress in CD one here on. Uh, here in New Mexico, uh, the uh, primary one week from today, and of course we'll have coverage here on News Radio KKOB all night Tuesday night here on News Radio KKOB.